Welcome to the Navigate with Faith podcast. I'm Alisa. And I'm Sierra. And we are your cool Christian chicks coming at you with that living room talk. Ready to get into it. Start that conversation. Yes. What are we talking about today, C? You know what, Alisa? You are so admirable. Right, you're so precious. You sound like a setup. No, it's not a oh. setup. I'm serious. You know what I mean? You, uh, I mean, very. You're in, you're intelligent. You're very pure, raw, authentic. Right, be praising, be singing. Lips oh always got on lip gloss. Brought me some uh, messy brownies and chicken wings to church. And this girl can cook. I mean, talented. Right, and I'm just trying Definitely to figure a out. It's not a. It's not a <laughs> this is the way. This is the way I feel about you. Okay. So. I guess, you know, my question would be like, why are you single? <laughs> the people want to know. The streets are talking and the streets want to know. The streets ain't said nothing the streets have not to said you. <laughs> they haven't. But I, I think it's a great conversational piece. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, why am I single? Um, I am single because <laughs> I will stay single until... <laughs> God sets that thing up. I am so unpressed Mm -hmm. right now. And it's not that I'm always unpressed, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) you know, we all have our moments. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I, like, let up on that and I get out here and I start talking, I'm like, nope, nope, mm mm-mm. I, if it, it, if God didn't do it, I don't want it, really. So in the meantime, I got a lot going on. Okay, a lot You know, um... I have a business. We have this podcast that God called us to. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been serving in our church and, and you know, just developing friendships and networks and relationships that are beneficial for the future. I really am about that abundant life. Life. Okay. Oh. Like, that's what I want. I want to enjoy myself. I want to eat good food. I want to travel, you know. But first and foremost— I'm really, like, about my father's business. Oh. That's what I'm doing. I'm not saying I'm not concerned. (laughs) That's my problem. That's Mm -hmm. that's it right there. That's That's the issue. I'm not saying I'm not concerned, but there's a whole lot to do, you know? And I think that sometimes we can get stressed out when we forget that there's a whole lot to do. There's a whole lot going on. And if you ever been around somebody who ain't got a lot going on, Hmm. you'd be like, okay, yeah. It's, It's different, different when you... When you're passionate about what's going on, but yeah, that's just, that's just me. Okay, you know, Jesus got to set it up. I'm not opposed to it. Okay. I'm not trying to stop it, but I'm also not chasing it down. You know that that you know, love, life, and all that stuff. I believe God's timing is perfect. So I'm like, Lord, it's on you. Because times when I try to do it, I'm like, Nah, this ain't it. Not mm. not this. So I'll be single mm. until God says it's the right time. So how about you? How about me? What? Why are you single? That's cute. Um, who said I was single? Because you be out here, playing. you know, you be out here doing your own thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Pushing cars with leather seats. You feel me? Oh you God. know, she be out here, you know, getting a second degree wow. and doing exercises in her apartment. Uh, yes, her own spot. Really? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Getting her mail out her own mailbox. Mm-hmm. She do all that. Wow. Dropping, dropping gems and Bible study. Alexa, thanks. Going to brunch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You're so special. So you so, so happy. Going to homecoming and okay. being a light. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, she's precious. Why are you single? I would agree with you. I do think that I am far much more interested in what it is that God wants me to do. Because if I was in a relationship, I would be distracted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't guarantee that somebody would have the same mindset as me. Um, you know, in some ways, I feel like I might be watered down if he is not, if we're not compatible. I do a lot of serving. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. I said, <laughs> reality of it is, right now, it's probably just not like a good time, mm-hmm. right? I know that we're in a pandemic, right? But pre-pandemic, we was... In the choir. Mm-hmm. I tried my hand in the welcome committee. I tried my hand in the dance committee. <laughs> I tried my hand in uh what what I writing the script for the play. Like I was yeah. doing a lot, you know, and I was like, you know, reality is I probably don't have time. And I think sometimes being in a relationship is like a cop out for doing what God wants you to do. But the reality of it is I, I do think he'll send you somebody at the present time. I do agree with you. When we think about, like, prophets and, like, biblical characters, the work for God was already kind of, like, done, mm-hmm. the meat of it, um, before they kind of got blessed with somebody. So, hmm. yeah. So, let's pray yeah. before we get into this conversation talking about being about our Father's business. Basically. <laughs> 
Hallelujah, Lord. We just praise your name. We lift your name on high, Father God. We want to thank you, Lord God, just for being a a logical God, a strategic God, an all-knowing God, a, a wonderful God. We want to say thank you, Lord God, just for that in itself. We pray, Father God, that the things in which our audience hear um, uplift them, um, give them some sort of encouragement, allow our conversation to be God-oriented yet relatable. We ask in the name of Jesus that our tongues just edify you, allow us to decrease and have you increase so that all in which you desire for your people to get, it is received. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So we have used this phrase Mm -hmm. about my father's business. Mm -hmm. And I would love to talk about where that even comes from. Like, Mm. about my father's business. Now, when we talk about our father... We're talking about our father in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about our earthly father and, and or anything like that. So let's talk about where that even comes from, because that's biblical. Jesus yeah. said that as, at a young age. Jesus was 12 when that, when that uttered off of his tongue. I was not talking like that at 12. <laughs> like, can you imagine rolling up on a 12-year-old? And, oh, excuse me. No, I'm, I'm about my my father who art in heaven right now. Yeah. Can you back up? <laughs> like, excuse me. <laughs> what are no. you doing? <laughs> you know, in between, in between math and language arts, he's about his father's business. Like, who was this kid? Yeah. Wow. It came from Jesus back when he had been, I think he went back to Nazareth and they used to go up and to a feast, to the festival every year and they lost him. He got lost, and um, he's missing for about three days before they realized he was gone. And I imagine that they were just in a frantic, like, where is my son? Oh, my God, y'all seen Jesus' little boy by yay high, wool hair, bronze skin? Um, and I was like, you know, oh, no, yeah, I saw him. He up there in the temple. You know, and I imagine just when they rolled up on him, they was flipping, like, where, where you was at? That's what? exactly what they did. Um, You know, he was mama. like, oh, relax. <laughs> I was in here about my father's business. <laughs> um, And I don't even think they had anything to say after that. It was like, oh. Okay, <laughs> you know, so you know, and, and so it, it came from Jesus Himself, right? And we know that that's who in which we should follow. So we should be following in His footsteps. I'm not telling y'all to get lost from y'all parents, but I think that we should be following. His in parents his lost him. He wasn't lost. He knew what he was doing. Well, he was with his godly father, right? Man, in which we should always follow. But again, not only him, but Paul talks in depth. You know, he mentioned, I I ain't saying that this came from God. This came from me. You know, this is my advice. And people really liked Paul. Like, they trusted the things in which he said. Most of the New Testament is Paul. Like, he's talking, right? He's He's giving godly wisdom. You know, he's giving encouragement. You know, he says often, I encourage you. My brother and sister, I encourage you, friends, right? And ain't nothing after that contradicted anything that he's ever said, so... Let me hear what Paul said. You got something from Paul? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Paul. But I did. What did he say, though? Like, you were you were saying, so just to kind of double back a little bit, um, what Sierra was referring to was talking about when Jesus was speaking with teachers in the temple, and he was left behind by the caravan of his family and friends, just as she mentioned, they went to the festival and um, they were on their way home. His parents were talking and walking with everybody else. And they just assumed that Jesus was back with the kids, was somewhere along with the group. They weren't even concerned. They didn't double check to make sure he was with them because they were like, oh, Jesus know better. If any, <laughs> if any of these little kids <laughs> out here know to be obedient and honor their parents, it's Jesus. So mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about him because he is the son of God. I mean, shout That's out true. to you. You better be with us, you know, if you know what's good for you. So it wasn't until they got home that they were like, whoa, wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. All right. It done cleared out. My child ain't here. And so they were frantic and in Luke 2.45, it says, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. And then, this is what little Jesus said, In verse 49, he said, but why do you need to search? Why did you need to search? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? In another version, in the New King James Version says, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And it's interesting here because his parents in the next verse, it says that they did not understand what he meant. 
They had no idea what he meant. They were just thinking, I was looking for this kid. This little sucker was out here for three days we were looking for him. Mm -hmm. So we've been worried for more than three days, but Mm -hmm. it took them three days to find him. And then he was like, why were you searching? You know, I must have been, I got to be by my father's business. And it's amazing to me that at 12, Mm -hmm. this kid knowing you're the son of God, you know, imagine being born knowing your purpose like that. Mm. He knew his purpose so early on Mm. that as a child, he wasn't even thinking about childish stuff. He was on purpose like business. He was about his father's business. He was in his father's house. He was like, let me drop this understanding on y'all. It reminds me of smart guy. (laughs) Like, you know how TJ Henderson on smart guy, Mm -hmm. how how he was just in this little body, but had all this Mm -hmm. knowledge and Mm -hmm. everybody was just so amazed. Mm -hmm. And he was speaking with such conviction every Mm -hmm. time he opened his mouth. (laughs) And I'm just thinking about Jesus, like you on assignment, you got business about yourself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a child, your parents looking for you because you're someone else's responsibility, but you already understand your own. Okay. You know, that's just amazing to me. Mm. And I'm just thinking, like, what what would it be like to know so clear what your purpose is enough to completely block out what's expected of you? He was expected to be in that caravan. He was expected to be in that group. Mm. You know what I mean? To completely block out everybody else's plans for you and what everybody else wants you to do, but to put to the forefront what your father who art in heaven has said about you in your life, I think to have that amount of purpose is amazing. And we didn't hear from Jesus again after that scenario until he was 30, you know, and and he had a lot of development even within that time. But I can imagine, you know, when we talk about awaiting the the proper time, you know, for your purpose and the things that God has called you to do to come into fruition, mm-hmm. how even Jesus had a waiting period. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine burning like that inside and knowing so clearly what your purpose is and then not really getting started for at least 15 years later, you know? Mm-hmm. So what what do you think that it would be like for you to have such an understanding of your purpose, what would it have been like if we knew our purpose that young? Or even now, I think in our 20s, that's considerably young, you Mm -hmm. know, nowadays to have figured out what is, you know, the thing that God has made us for, or at least getting an idea. So to you, what, what do you think would be the difference if somebody was to get that understanding young, you know, to utilize this time as an unmarried person, as an un, you know, committed person, if we knew what God called us to do, what would that look like? Like, what would be different versus someone who is still trying to figure it out and calling themselves having time to date and spread all their energy around, like, you know, amongst all these things? I, my focus probably would be like a whole lot different. You know what I mean? The next time and moving on forward, what we heard about Jesus was literally, oh, he was working on like kingdom relationships, mm-hmm. kingdom friendships, but he was so focused on just pleasing God, right? And I think he was set apart at a very early age. And I think if we knew just how special or just how unique we were, our focus probably would shift. I imagine that the relationship between he and God, you know, was like no other. And I know even I, sometimes I really desire for people to know God the way I do. Like, I want y'all to feel how I feel when this moon is shining through my window. You know what I mean? Like, so I imagine that from a young age, I I guess I just imagine that growing up, knowing him at that age, and then you grow up and you're around other people, you just have this burning desire to want people to feel like how you feel about God. Right. I don't know that we would be focused on worldly things. Um, I don't know that I would be, you know, buying um, gold chains and getting my feet done on some straight, you know, India ivory stuff. Sometimes I call my house, sometimes I don't, you know. But um, I just imagine that the focus just would, would really be different. It would be more, we would lean more towards spiritual things. I might be like Anna, sitting up in that temple for eight or four years if I knew at 12 what God wanted me to do or what my calling was personally. Right. Um, I don't know. What about you? So I think that knowing your purpose early does give you a sense of focus Mm -hmm. that is uncharacteristic to this world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that understanding, even in a simple um, sense of the word purpose, because God does have things that are 
uh, purposes for all believers. Mm -hmm. And then there are individual callings. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, you can have seasonal purposes as well. We have, you know, purposes that we know that God has intended for us as believers, such as seek ye first the kingdom. We know that that's our purpose is to serve him. We know that there are you know, smaller things that we can do along the way, even if we don't have some huge, big understanding or revelation on our end game or what our actual character description would be by the end of our life. And mm-hmm. I know that it can sometimes be very intimidating for people to think, well, I, I don't know my purpose yet. Okay, yeah. I'm 30 and I don't know my purpose. I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm, or I'm, you know what I mean? Or even it could be someone who's saying, well, I've been praying about this for years. I'm 25, you know, but I know I've been praying and everybody around me talking about walking purpose. Well, I'm trying, but I don't know what that's like. You know, and I know that that can be difficult, but I think starting first and foremost by trying your best to give all of your effort to Christ without distraction, not saying you can't be in relationships, Mm -hmm. not saying that you can't date. We're not trying to turn anybody into a monger, nuns, (laughs) you know, or anything like that. We're not demonizing being being young and, um, and, you know, out on the dating scene or anything like that. But what we're saying is, you know, there is a lot to be done. There's a lot that you can glean from God's word just in your singleness. There's a lot of growth that you can do that can develop you as a person and as a believer during this time. And so I think noticing what it looks like to be so young and so sure of yourself and so confident in your spiritual Life, you know, just as Jesus was, and obviously we're not going to be like 12, like talking about, oh, I'm about my father's business. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a lot of work to be done spiritually, even if you are still in a season where you are waiting, you know, for God to release that relationship to you. Or even if that's just not even on your radar, there's some people who don't even feel called to marriage and they're like, okay, so what should I be doing? Should I be hustling like the world is telling me to, trying to make as much money as possible? Mm -hmm. Should I be, you know, know, out here trying to be on every plane that that takes off, you know, and and make it look like I'm living a great life. Um, And so I think that when we talk about knowing what what the benefit of, you know, sitting at the Father's feet and really understanding um, what it is He's called us to do, there is such a great feeling behind knowing that you're on assignment. I know— That between us, you know, this podcast has been such a blessing because we really wake up with purpose like, dang, like God told me to do something, Mm, you know, and this it goes beyond waking up and signing into our job online or, Mm -hmm. you know, getting up and sending a couple emails because we know we have to do, you know, Mm -hmm. we know what we're supposed to do. But to know that God called us to do something is a whole nother level of, you know, getting up and getting moving. And knowing that there's a greater thing that we're called to do beyond some of the tasks that we have written out for ourselves. And so, you know, I just want to ask you, Sierra, because we're we're just really getting to this place, y'all. Like, we're not on here trying to be holier than thou or make it seem like we just always didn't care nothing about no dudes and, you know, dating and nothing Mm -hmm. like that. We are— We've had seasons where we were pressed. We've had seasons where we're like, okay, what's going on? Like, I think I got everything, you know, and I done did everything. I can handle a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then we get like kind of close to it. We're like, ooh, this person texting me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Can you hop up off my my phone for a second? You know, now we want to be about our fathers. Let me, let me be, let me be real frank with y'all. Y'all, let me be frank, man. Let me tell y'all with this quarantine, we had a little quarantine, you know, little situations, you know, and where we were thinking like, Okay, well, maybe it'll be fine if we get to talking with somebody. Lord, let me tell you. Mm. We talked with people for a short amount of time, and we was like, oh, what a distraction. We have stuff to do. And it was so distracting. I don't think we really understood the responsibility of speaking to, you know, a potential significant other or mm-hmm. somebody who's trying to get to know us better mm-hmm. and vice versa. And we just really realized like, oh my gosh, like the amount of time it takes when we know that God has already called us to do certain things yes. and the amount of time that this these conversations are taking from us, mm. 
meaningless conversation. I mean, we got right back. We got back to business shortly thereafter. We're like, nah, this ain't really what we want. And sometimes mm. it takes situations like that. So yeah. we're not saying that we're always like this at all. Mm-hmm. We have since been corrected recently. Mm-hmm. And I think we all go through those moments where we think that, you know, we, we can handle the next step. And then we're like, whoa, hold on. Mm. This is really distracting. I don't think I can handle the the planning of something that God's called me to do and, you know, some of the other distracting things that mm-hmm. we have invited into our lives. Invited. So tell me about this season, girl. How you got to the point where you like, man, I'm by my father's business and I ain't want nothing else. Oh, you know, I mean, for a while I had been feeling like I ain't doing enough. You know mm. what I mean? I really had felt like I wasn't doing enough. One day, one time, I cracked open the Bible, and I came across um, Mark when Mary Magdalene was pouring oil um, on Jesus' head and, you know, perfume on his head um, and at his feet. And, you know, his response was, you know, leave her alone. She's doing all that she can. So, you know, for a little bit, I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing enough. Um, and then, you know, fasting season came around, and, you know, I'm fasting, and I'm still feeling, like, unsatisfied even in my fast. It was like not that God wasn't. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that. But it was like, yeah, but that ain't really what I want you to do. You know, so I was still feeling unsatisfied. And um, I think once I read Mary Magdalene, I felt like, okay, you know what? I think I got my life together. Look at me. Blameless Sierra. I can have a man. <laughs> and um, and you and you start to uh, realize. Not blameless, though. Blameless. I hit the job oh on you. Yeah. <laughs> feeling herself, y'all. <laughs> I, was, I did. Y'all I, hear that family? I, she feeling herself. I, thank, I was. And thank God for friends. Uh, real. Real life friends who was like, okay, because you got some work, and um, <laughs> you know, but but then again, you know, I came around and then I came to a season where it was like, okay, well, I have some time, and I will say that I think like the quarantine made me feel like I needed maybe like a placeholder. I felt like maybe I do have enough time, right? I'm not in the choir right now, not doing no, you know, servicing mm-hmm. in the church, so maybe I do have time, you know, just to conversate, right? Converse, I'm sorry, don't ever say that. <laughs> so maybe I do I was have staring at her time. so... <laughs> got, got time so hard. But um, so maybe I do have time, you know, mm-hmm. to do it. And um, I went out and I, and I saw somebody, and I was very bored. I was so bored. <laughs> I swear I was so bored. You know, we were having conversation, you know, about mutual things, and it was cool, kiki, ha-ha. But I thought about what my life would be like with this person forever, and I probably shouldn't have done that, but that is really kind of how I analyze whether or not I should be with somebody. Let me see if I can have this conversation with this same person 15 years. I just was bored. I couldn't do it. Um, then I had somebody seek me, and it was a lot. He liked me. I think I liked the fact that he liked me. But it was so heavy. Like, it was so heavy. After having to let him know this is, I can't do this, you know, for for details that aren't really relevant for this podcast right now. But, hey, I can't do this. I feel, I realized I had so much time. I start working out in the house. I done changed up my diet. I'm greasing my scalp every day. Putting lotion on when you get out. I mean, it was cleaning up. Like, it was like folding clothes when they come out the dryer right out. I was like, often were y'all talking that you had time to put lotion on, Lord? It was like... Let me hop out here and answer this text message. No, true. It was like, no, it won't even like text message. The text messages work because I'm not a really great texter, I will say. I'm not either. So it was like... I know some people who agree with that. It, it was I can't she be texting me so it was like it was like text text I'm gonna call you okay and it was like give me 25 minutes I'm gonna call you and like 26 minutes roll around and be like oh dang you still doing that and it's like um it's the big toe that I'm trying to you know what I mean so I, I'm trying to hurry up and be a woman of my word you know what I mean yeah, to yeah, call yeah. you back just so that we can talk about worldly things and I think it it, it could have been I think it may have been the conversation that we were having it was very worldly and it was it was tiring me out because that's just not what my life is I don't talk about stuff like that we can have a conversation about it but the reality of us working toward it is really stressing me out Um, it was just it was just really stressing me out you know so Anyway, I said all that to say that um, I decided that my free time didn't have to be taken up by the world because he was a man. He was in this world. So I realized that my free time didn't have to be taken up by him um, and that I appreciate the conversations I be having with God. I put all of that energy into him. I realized that I didn't have to be single and vain. 
Wow. And I think that that was probably like my turning point, my reality. We started being, we were already serious about our podcast, but we were like, okay, we need some branding meetings. We need to be taking pictures, booking people, working on the website, putting money aside. Like we, you know what I mean? Our focus shifted. You know, I started thinking about, okay, what am I going to do after I get this degree? How, How do I go about it? Getting on the phone with mentors. I've been talking to a lot of older people lately. Just shifting my focus. I don't even want to have no conversation about that because if it's anything like the one I just had a couple of days ago, weeks, whatever it was, mm, 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 mm. you know what I mean? You don't want to feel like that when you're talking to a man yeah. mm, mm, mm. or with a girl, mm, right? you know, so. Or even in friendships, too. Mm, mm, mm. No. Yeah. I like that noise. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't feel like that, you need to let that thing go. No, that's so. that's facts. And, and what Sierra said was absolutely true yeah. when— we had a, a short period of time, and I know everybody had an adjustment period during this pandemic when, mm-hmm. you know, we first got shut down and everybody was at home twiddling their thumbs, thinking, okay, well, maybe I can rest. Maybe I can, you know, get to talking with somebody. I, I think most single people did have that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but that lasted a couple of weeks, and then Ooh. it was like, okay, I really don't feel like I'm moving forward toward anything. God has already given me a couple of marching orders. You know, they say if you don't hear from God, think about the last, the last thing he told, thing you, he to told you to do. And I can't say that every morning no little birdie was flying to my window saying, thus says the Lord, you know. So <laughs> there was things that we were supposed to do, and we yeah. knew, and we could have really given a lot more effort, you know, to them. And so there was really no excuse. And so I know that by the time we had kind of gotten out of the mindset of, oh, let me spend a little time here talking and chit-chatting. And when we really cracked down on the business that God had had given us to carry out and the seriousness of it, because a lot of times, sometimes we do stuff and we just don't be focused, you know, mm-hmm. we're just not focused on it. God can say, hey, I want you to, you know, I really want you to, to get more involved with the young the young people in the church. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I do it. But are you giving 100%? You know, I think that there's sometimes a higher standard even so. They talk about working as though working unto the Lord, doing everything as though you're, you know, yeah. working unto the Lord. And sometimes you have to be honest with yourself and say, mm-hmm. man, I'm allowing myself to be distracted or, you know, my, my attention be diffused into all these different areas. And though I'm not being disobedient per se, I could definitely give this a lot more prayer, a lot more planning and a lot more energy. And I think that that's definitely where we found ourselves halfway through this quarantine. And we were like, OK, man, quarter, quarter, half more. quarter of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. And so um, I can definitely attest to the fact that even the conversations I was having with young men <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of people wow <laughs> with you know a couple of people they definitely started to falter as the more I got focused mm-hmm. on what God called me to do I just didn't have the time it wasn't that I had the time before it was that I was taking the time mm. you know I still have so many things that I need to get done and accomplished in my business so many things that I knew that we had ahead of us for this podcast and and even areas where I know that I could have spent more time with, with God too to mm. be honest with you without the excuse of I gotta run over here I gotta do this I gotta do that. I got to run up the street. I got this meeting, you know. Um, And so I did find that those conversations, just like what Sierra said, a lot of them were a little bit more worldly than we prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they kind of fell off, you know. They they fell off the more we got into what we were supposed to be doing and got into the business of that. Our meetings went from us chatting about stuff to literally th- like two, three-hour meetings mm-hmm. about the business of the thing that God called for us to steward over. And essentially, I've been thinking a lot lately of how I steward over the things that God has called me to. And that is, (laughs) that's a responsibility that I don't think that we think enough about. Mm. I think that as, as singles, we tend to just think about the things that we can add. Add, add, add. Mm. Like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And I can do. And we live in Atlanta, y'all. So mm. it's a huge hustle culture here. We Everybody got two, three, diff- five different hustles. Even when I was in college, I went to Georgia State and there was a whole lot of hustling. Everybody was doing something. Everybody had a business on the side and was doing school and was working and had this and had that and had a passion project. And, you know, and it was a lot. And so we tend to do a lot of hustling, hustle, 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 you know. No, but I don't know if we spend time making sure that those things are of quality. 
And so that's what I started thinking lately was like, man, okay, I got a few things that I know that I am called to do and make sure that I am doing well. And so I could put a whole lot more effort into these things. I can be a better steward of the opportunities mm-hmm. of the relationships, even when we're talking about reaching out to people that you know that God has placed in your life, um, you know, or people that you need to check on, you know. I think this is a great time, you know, as someone who is um, unattached, as somebody who's in a single season, or if you were just single, period, you don't know if God even called you to marriage, it's great for you to make sure you're steward overing everything that God has placed in your life to a higher standard, you know, whether that be your job, working as though you're working unto the Lord, you know, whether that be the ministries that you're involved in, making sure that you are not doing things half-heartedly, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that your relationships, your friendships are not just you responding to them, you know, mm-hmm. pick up the phone sometimes too, you know, all, there's a lot of things that I think that God has allowed to be placed in our life. And you know the difference between if you went and grabbed somebody and dragged them into your life or if they were placed there. And I just think that across the board, sometimes we need to focus on quality over quantity, mm. you know. And so that's what I have been kind of, that's what's gotten me into this. I'm about my father's businesses. I'm, I'm realizing that when I diffuse that effort, it was just kind of, uh, Yeah. You mentioned that, uh, that you mentioned that <laughs> we live in a hustling culture yeah. where people are just constantly busy. Uh, could that be an escape? Right? Could people be using busyness or hustle as a scapegoat to to have an excuse to say, well, I, I, I heard you, God, but I'm already kind of doing something. I don't really got time to do that. I don't got to, I heard you, God, but I don't really got time because, you know, I'm doing this, this, that, and the third. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me, my favorite line from um for Color Girls was when Janet was talking to Omari. Mm. And she was like, you're doing a lot of talking, Carl, but you ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of what I thought about. It's like, you're doing a lot of stuff, wow. but, you ain't say, but you ain't doing nothing. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that we aren't really doing anything until we're doing what God told us to do. And you mentioned earlier, if you feel like God didn't tell you to do something, the thing that he commanded everybody who believes in him is to go out and to make disciples, yes. right? The whole issue with the Israelite things was that people was being disobedient, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess the last thing he told you to do, I asked him, what is it that you want me to do? I just don't think that we should be single in vain. Um, and, and, I, and I think that sometimes we are. We just feel like, oh, okay, well, I'm free, and I got a car and a job and a house, and I just got my degree, so— why not, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm just pretty sure that when you get into the meat of that thing, none of that is going to matter. Absolutely. None of that is going to matter. So Absolutely. There's definitely a freedom. And, you know, Paul talked about it, to your point. Sierra had, had mentioned, had touched on Paul earlier um, and started to discuss, you know, what he was discussing about singleness right. in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He was speaking to the Corinthians um about a list of questions that they had. Um, And they're questions that we still have in the church, you know, concerning marriage and singleness and what's better. I know that a number of you have probably heard over the years um, things concerning how Paul had this idea about the fact that, you know, if you're single, you only have to worry about pleasing God the Father. Mm-hmm. But when you're married, you have to you're, you're concerned with the things of this world because you have to please your spouse as well. Right. And he was discussing, you know, this concept of freedom in singleness such as he was because Paul is powerful and sharp and just, I mean, he went so hard for God. Mm-hmm. He was so, probably one of the most fiery people in the Bible, I think, having, you know, gone from being a murderer of <laughs> followers of Christ yeah. to being the most zealous person person, you know, um, he he really was very passionate about having the time to be focused. And um, he, he often mentioned in this passage about how getting married is, is, you know, that's okay. You can get married. However, you have a distraction there, you know, and so how in singleness, I mean, I'll specifically read it in first Corinthians seven and six. 
Paul says, I say this as a concession, not as a command, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. Mm -hmm. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Mm -hmm. But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. Um, and so he started discussing a number of things that have to do with the structure of marriage. Um, he went through a number of things that discuss, you know, the things that are pleasing unto God and the things that, you know, you must do in terms of the little details. Mm -hmm. But one of the other things that stood out to me most was when he discussed the fact that in verse 25, he said that there was a question that was raised during this conversation regarding young women who were not yet married. And he said, he does not have a command from the Lord for them, mm -hmm. but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted and I will share it with you. Verse 26, because of the persistent crisis, I think it is best to remain as you are, single women. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage, married men. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I am trying to spare you these problems. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not only focus on their marriage. Those who weep rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them, for this world as we know it will soon pass. He said in verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided in the same way. A woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Amen. So that to me is just, I mean, I don't know if you all out there discuss this passage often. I feel like we tend to hear this cut up in pieces, more so from the, oh, if you can't wait, go ahead and get married, don't burn in lust. That's mm. usually where people stop. You know, mm -hmm. that's usually where people stop. But I love the fact that Paul breaks down the fact that he's mentioning this in terms of weighing your distractions, mm -hmm. you know, and figuring out, okay, well, you do understand marriage is beautiful. It is ordained by God. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. But you will be distracted by your task and your responsibilities of pleasing your husband, pleasing your wife, making sure your kids are together and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when he mentions during this time, he was talking about anticipating the wrath that would come from the Romans during that time, the Roman government that was soon to come upon the Christians. And so he said these things and gave this practical advice because being unmarried would mean less suffering and more freedom to live completely devoted to Christ. So when we talk about being diehard for Christ and, you know, you can go further kind of alone is what he was getting at was, you know, anticipating the fact that during this time when he was writing this, there was a lot of issues with being a Christian. And so to bring your whole family into it, to bring a spouse, to bring children, to bring, you know, all your responsibilities and think that you're going to go as hard for Christ when you have to protect those around you and think about how this is going to affect your family and your household. He was saying, you know, you can get married. He's not telling you not to, but it's more likely that you're going to go further and be more focused on the things of God and be a lot more, I think, energetic and, and go harder for God when you're single. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. that makes sense to me. And I think we can still apply that to now, you know, although our government isn't necessarily punishing us for being believers. I think the world often does. And there's a lot of heat that can come against your children and your family and things like that. If you are standing firm for God 
and going against kind of the things that the world considers to be normal, if you're talking in a different direction than the world, there's going to be pushback. You know, there's going to be issues. There's going to be people who don't agree with the fact that you don't believe in in not fornicating or you don't believe in, you know, dating everybody, you know, and, and feeling like you have to have variety or people who don't believe in waiting on God, you know, to guide your decisions. You're going to have pushback. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about you know, the fact that without distraction, you can go hard. You you don't have to consider anybody in that, you know, you don't have to consider the fact that you may be in a situation where you have to kind of split those decisions with somebody else. And mm-hmm. so I really identify with this. I think it's really dope that Paul's talking about it and he's speaking more from wisdom than direct command. But it yeah. makes sense for him. And I think it makes sense for a lot of us singles to realize the power in, you know, mm. just being just you know, doing this solo dolo like you and God, you know? You know, there are a few things in the Bible that aren't, like, directly mentioned from God. Like, mm-hmm. God, does, we've talked about how specifics are missing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how he just encourages us to use our best judgment. So I do think Paul was speaking from his best judgment. I guess he knows what kind of man he is. Yeah. So he knew that I would do better serving God if I was single, right? Because I go really hard. Yes. You know what I mean? I don't know that his wife would have— uh, encouraged him to go and stone Stephen because <laughs> you know what I mean it, it was like you know it, because because that's the reality is I think I think in our singleness we get to know ourselves so well that somebody else along the way of us getting to know God better again it would water us down you know and I mentioned that earlier I didn't understand you know what you, what he meant when he said you know if you're pleasing your husband then you'll be pleasing this world right but mm-hmm. we do know that when we die in heaven there is no marriage right so technically you are pleasing you know the world because your man or your wife is on this earth right it's on this world and you know I think we will get caught up in trying to pay our mortgage mm-hmm. right you know trying to invest you know it mentioned that mm-hmm. and um so then you get caught up with overworking, working yourself, trying to make all this money. Sometimes you might do whatever it takes for the dollar, which would To provide for your family, to provide for your wife, to provide for your kid. Which would essentially pull you away from God because yeah. then you would be, quote unquote, loving money, which we know that that is biblically against, you know, what, what God wants us to do. Um, so, I, you know, I agree. You said something really profound in terms of (laughs) what I say. (laughs) You said something really profound when you mentioned the idea of Paul having a wife. And there was a point in time, which you were referencing when he was stoning Stephen, who was a believer. Yes, he was. And that was when he was Saul. However, imagining the fact that he was very much an adult at that time. And had he had a wife, even when he was in the world, even when he was doing what he thought, you know, was the best, Mm -hmm. which was persecuting Christians before, Mm -hmm. you know, God converted him to Paul. Imagine if he had a wife during that time. Yeah, he would have been leading his family astray because he would have had a wife, would have had kids, and they would have been thinking, this is what we're supposed to be doing to Christians. Well, would he be able to transfer into Paul seamlessly? Yeah, right, right. He wouldn't. If you have a wife that is walking with you as you are persecuting Christians and mm-hmm. then you have a moment on that road to Damascus where mm-hmm. your whole life, your whole perspective, your whole everything makes a complete 180. Imagine him bringing that story back to his I'm, wife. You was blind. <laughs> <laughs> you was well. <laughs> no, we was going to kill them Christians you said. No, no, no. We kill them. No, now we are them Christians. Wait, yeah. huh? Excuse what? me? What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can imagine it. There was just so much. His life was so... It was just E, like his whole life, like he was on with the whole time. And, you know, I just imagine that he would not have been able to move so fluidly in his purposes and the things right. that his heart burned for. Like he truly believed he was doing the right thing right. before. And then when he was corrected, he didn't have to consult anybody with right. that. You know, he didn't have to he didn't have to change the home life. Right. He could just move with that same energy into a different direction and actually be for God and did not have to explain anything to anyone. And I and so from that perspective, you see there was a true freedom yeah. in that. And I think that, you know, I know that in my singleness, God has called me to do some pretty unconventional things that didn't make sense to a lot of people. You yeah. know, he sent me to a whole nother state to go to grad school and— I mean, everything unfolded before me, but I didn't have um, children to arrange, you know, childcare for as I'm running back and forth between, you know, here and that other state to go to school. You know, I didn't have to consider a husband, you know, in my finances when I did whatever I needed to do. 
in terms of, you know, making sure that I had lodging while I was getting a a master's degree. So I was sleeping on my friend's couches or I was in a hotel or here, there, but I didn't have to consult with anybody but God about what he called me to do because I knew that I was where I was supposed to be and things unfolded for me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and even with this podcast, we didn't have to consult anybody but God about getting on our business when it came to this. And I just see that there's such a freedom and there has been such a freedom to listen, obey and move as a single person. And so I just really want us to remember, like, this is freedom here. And it's nothing wrong with getting married. Like Paul said, there's nothing wrong with it. But this is a good time to prepare your heart to be able to manage what could sometimes be a distraction. I agree. And I and I will say biblically that once they did what God wanted them to do, he just seamlessly placed somebody in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when Moses was cast out of Egypt, he was on his road, he was in the desert and was thirsty. He just happened to, he had to be in the desert to get thirsty to go to the well to meet his wife. Right. Mm-hmm. He was already in a place of obedience. You know, the same thing really for all of them. David was a young boy killing Goliath, you know, and fight bringing back, you know, uh, booty to prove that, hey, you know, I am a good king before he was blessed with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times you first have to be obedient in your singleness, doing what God has you to do. Be without any distractions before he just like slides you somebody in your life because it ain't supposed to be difficult. And I think if we do it prematurely, we'll end up in something long lasting that is difficult. Um, so if we can be single and do it maturely, you know, get get rid of that chronological clock. I knew that was something that personally I was battling with. If you take the time to be single, then God will honor that and he'll honor you and bring you somebody who takes your salvation seriously. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. And as much as we love Jesus and we commit our lives to Jesus, Jesus was very single. His whole life. And it was intentional. And they said that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. So he Mm. was, it wasn't that he wasn't tempted. He Mm. has experienced all the temptation that we have. So, you know, it wasn't that Jesus did not find women attractive. It never said that Jesus was asexual. One time in this Bible. It never said, and I, you know, if if Mary Magdalene, you know, with the past she had, and she coming here with perfume on my head, um, I'm going to have to make sure that I <laughs> love God. You know what I mean? Because. Uh, but he didn't lust either because he, he was very focused. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. But Jesus, Jesus, he lived to be 33 years old. That's a grown mm-hmm. man. You know. He, I know that's, some 33-year-olds. <laughs> I know a couple of them. No. And um but yeah, so he was a very focused man and I think that it's really telling the fact that you know our savior, you know, who lived a perfect life, who knew what he was called to do even as a child to be able to brush off his earthly parents and be like, which I was searching for. Y'all knew I was, you know. Right. I mean, to have that level of focus right. and then to also throw in the desires of an adult yeah. man, you know, mm. in there and to still remain focused. The things that he was doing, imagine if he had somebody who he was involved with, you know, romantically, he would be thinking about her. He would be thinking about if her he had feelings. children. Mm. I mean, he would not be able to go to even, you know, even with no attachments, he was in that garden against him and he like like lord (laughs) take this cup from me you know he was Mm -hmm. even thinking about that as just a single person with no attachments yeah you know um i won't say he i can't imagine he would have went through with it but there would have been so much more sacrifice even Mm -hmm. beyond the sacrifice that he was already making you know if he also had to think about someone At home and even not even in a formal perspective, even if he was courting somebody. I mean, some of y'all, y'all don't move states. Y'all don't take opportunities. Y'all don't, Mm. you know, go up the street. Y'all don't take that job. Just be off of somebody that you might want in your future, someone you talking to, you know. And so I definitely can attest to the distraction being a possibility. And I think that, you know, once again, this is not for us to say that Being in a relationship, wanting to be in a relationship, desiring a relationship, desiring marriage is a bad thing. It is not. We very much plan to be wives and mothers one day. But Mm -hmm. understanding the season and I think remembering the opportunity that's before you as a single definitely helps us to wrap our head around it and not get so caught up in the next step that we're missing the now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
you know, do this first. I think your mind would be taken off of it. And all of a sudden he just, he or she, I really do think that they'll just be like, bloop, bam. Yeah. And then God be like, that's her. <laughs> Running at the same him. pace. <laughs> you know, um, you want to be strengthening the Lord by the time you get into a relationship anyway. Absolutely. Um, and we all desire it. To your point, Jesus had to deny his mama and his brother. Imagine mm. him having a wife. And he'd be like, your wife? <laughs> My wife? If anybody who loved the Lord, you know what I mean? That would have been a little, a little hurtful, you yeah. know? So I think it's a precious time. It does not devalue you. It doesn't mean that you aren't beautiful. It doesn't mean that you ain't been combing your beard the right way. It don't mean you're using the wrong product. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that it's really not the time because you need to spend this time doing what God wants you to do. Um, just so that for the rest of your life, it could be a better life. He cares about you. Y'all, there's so many of our grandparents who've been married longer than they've been single. You know, my grandparents just celebrated 60 years. And hmm. um, when they do that math, I mean, they only like, my grandmother's like 77 and my hmm. other grandfather's 84. Like, you've been hmm. married. You've been taken. You've been somebody, somebody for more time than you've been just you. And wow. and I think that that is a really cool difference between generations that we must take advantage of is, you know, this, I think that there's a lot more that you will be able to um, blend even in, in your union when God calls you to be with somebody yeah, that's, that's going to be of substance the more you get to know yourself without the distraction of that person, without having to please somebody else or think about if such and such is going to like the fact that you want to cut your hair or the such mm-hmm. that's going to like the fact that you've chosen, you know, to dedicate a part of your life to being a missionary or, you know, maybe not something so dramatic, but let's say, you know, you get up every morning at 5 a.m. and you don't want to have to consider just as you're getting into the person that God has created you to be and the things that work best for your life, food decisions, a number of things, you know what I mean? You can make those decisions for yourself long before you're trying to compare that to if somebody will accept that. You get to be so beautifully you, the way that God created you to be, and and so in sync with, you know, the decisions that are best for you as a person. And I imagine that when you connect with the person that God has for you and you are so authentically who God called you to be, mm-hmm. that connection is going to be so much more pure mm-hmm. than when you are in a place in your life where you are still being molded and still growing and still mm-hmm. kind of making decisions for yourself. You know, it doesn't get to be stunted by mm-hmm. what the other person you know what I mean, would want you to be. You're not trying to be a puzzle piece to fit somebody else. It's just, this is who I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And either you fit me or not versus Mm -hmm. me trying to mold myself to fit you. So, so much benefit. I'm I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for this time. And it's taken a while to get to this point, but God always finds a way to remind us like, nah, you single for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you don't want just anything out here. So just Mm -hmm. wait on me. And in the meantime, I'm going to give you stuff for your heart to burn for. And, you know, the God's word says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto thee. And that is facts. And I'm trying to live my life off that, you know. So we excited, man. We excited. You should be excited, you know, and um, it'll happen. It'll happen, and it'll happen in a way in which it's satisfying to you and pleasing unto the Lord, and we just live to please God. Yes. But in the meantime, be about your father's business. Yes. All y'all, be about your father's business. Let's all be about our father's business. Yes. Keep your hair moisturized and your beard combed, though. While you're about your father's business. Don't be ashy in the Like, moisturize. You're going to see through this ash, though, if you really for me. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Present yourself like you're presenting unto the Lord. Facts. Facts. I'm Sierra. And I'm Elisa. And this is how you navigate Navigate with with faith. Thank you for listening to the Navigate with Faith podcast. We want to give a special thank you to Dante Hodge, our executive producer and editor. And a special thank you to the Pigment Playground for designing our show artwork and graphics. Music by Turn Me Up, J-Cav. This episode was recorded at Listen Up Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Subscribe to the Navigate with Faith podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on social media at Navigate with Faith on Instagram and Facebook and Navigate W Faith on Twitter.